Hey everyone, we want to take a brief moment to tell you about a FeedXL discount now available on our show page. Each week, we'll have a link under our reference notes that will give our listeners a 10% discount on any FeedXL membership level. Let go of the stress and guesswork involved in determining what to feed your horse. Using FeedXL program, you can enter in details about your horse and FeedXL will actually generate a ration calculation to show you what nutrients are above or below the recommended levels for good equine health. I've been a member for three years and highly recommend it. Thanks so much. Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean and this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, Nancy and I are looking at a research paper that was requested, and it is titled Effect of a Half Pad on Pressure Distribution in Sitting Trot and Canter Beneath a Saddle Fitted to Industry Guidelines. And this is by Mackenzie Guire et al. And the premise of this paper was to investigate if using a half pad beneath a saddle can be beneficial for improving saddle fit or does it cause um, more problems than it's worth? So there wasn't a whole lot of research before this investigating it. This is a paper from 2020, so it's just last year that it was published. And they really wanted to determine, do these half pads help? Which was an interesting topic actually to look at because I've definitely used the gel half pads in the past so it was interesting to see how it plays out. But essentially, they used 12 non-lame horses. They were ridden by experienced riders in both sitting trot and canter on each rein. And then saddle fit with a high withered cotton saddle cloth, which is our control, was compared with three different types of half pads. So one was our viscoelastic gel. One was a woolen half pad and one was a medical grade closed cell foam. And these were evaluated then by five qualified saddle fitters who didn't know why they were evaluating. So they were kind of kept blind to the study. So their preference or their bias wouldn't play a role in it. Also, a pressure mat was used as well to determine whether pressure increased or decreased under the saddle once these pads are introduced. So the first takeaway is that it's essential that when you're having saddle fitted, you have it done by a qualified saddle fitter. Um, And also that if you are using things like half pads or different types of numnas that are varying thickness, and they're going to be what you use every day with the saddle, then you really should have these with you when you're having the saddle fitted as well so the saddle fitter can assess them. But Nancy, you have a lot of experience in this area. What did you think when you first read the paper? Well, 
I'm not a fan of saddle pads, especially, you know, I just like to have the saddle fit correctly and then use the thin saddle pad under it, mainly to protect it from uh, dirt and sweat and things like that, not to create any other pressure points or alleviate pressure. So these master saddlers, which they're from the Society of Master Saddlers, which I'd highly recommend people uh, look up their website. It's mastersaddlers.co.uk. And they even now have courses on bridle fitting, which I had not seen before. But anyway, they did a survey and out of 1,011 riders from 16 equestrian sports, they found that 98% of these riders used a half pad. And I see that a lot in eventing where there's a lot of padding going on with the horses. And I just don't think that it's needed when the saddle fits correctly. So specifically delved into what happens when you put a half pad under a well-fitting saddle. And the uh, term well-fitting is the industry standards for that master saddlers group in the UK. And they're considered the premier saddle fitting group in the world. So um, I always feel that Putting a pad under a well-fitting saddle probably will alter that fit. Mm -hmm. And so this paper was, um, it was really interesting because I use the medical grade closed cell foam half pad on my pony. And I use the five millimeter, which is not even a fourth of an inch. It's more like an eighth of an inch in thickness. And it just lays under the, the thin saddle pad to prevent slippage of that saddle. And mainly she, she's a roly poly pony. So yeah. she, she could get by with a hoop tree saddle which instead of having the V tree, it's a half circle tree. And that would probably, she could probably qualify to use one of those. Um, however, I have a flexible tree saddle for her. I put that medical grade cell foam or closed cell foam under that. And it does prevent a lot of slippage. And we use those a lot on the racetrack. We'll even use a chamois sometimes to prevent a saddle from slipping. So one interesting thing in this study that I thought was brilliant is that they used only new half pads. So each one, when they were used in the study, they had no degradation from dirt and sweat and wear. And we have to remember that, that as these things age, those products break down and they don't work like they were designed to work. So the fact that these results are using new half pads, that means a lot. And what was interesting from the study as well is they mention another study that surveyed over a thousand riders from 16 equestrian sports 
overall 64% of the respondents who were using more than one layer, so whether that was a double numna or a numna and a half pad, there was an increase of more than a centimeter underneath that saddle. So we're yeah. adding thickness under there. And overall, there is a growing body of evidence that incorrect saddle fit has an impact on equine health and that will subsequently impact equine performance. So we want to make sure that we're not changing the positioning of that saddle and you know, creating pressure points as well where there shouldn't be. So as you had mentioned before, Nancy, I think um, they had found that some of the half pads work out a little bit better than others. So if you were going to choose a half pad, then it is probably more beneficial to choose one of the gel ones. Um, or was it the gel one had the increased pressure? Yeah, the gel yeah. definitely. The wool one. Yeah. Yeah, the wool and then the the closed cell foam, they stayed in place and they actually decreased pressure cranially. But um, I always found out from saddle fitting and from using different pads is that where pressure decreases somewhere, it's going to increase somewhere else. So there's like an inverse relationship. Mm -hmm. So um, these, um, they had some where the gel pad increased in mean and peak pressure in the cranial region of the saddle. The foam and wool had no differences in the cranial region. So the front of the saddle, but in the sitting trot, the wool half pad showed a decrease in mean pressures in the caudal region of the saddle compared with the control pad and the foam cell. So they felt like, um, an which I thought was an interesting point, is if you're, you have a rider that's out of balance or having yes. struggling with her balance, you might want to use a wool half pad because um, it decreases the pressure in that caudal region and there won't be slamming on down on the rear of that saddle creating, you know, it's irritating to the horse, I think. Yeah, I thought that was a great point as well. So maybe with more novice riders, it has a use in that, you know, or maybe in rising schools, it could be useful. But overall, it's not necessary. You know, we don't have to use gel half pads or woolen ones. Or if we have correctly fitted saddles, that's at the forefront of what we should be using. And, you know, so many people did think that introducing this was improving welfare when it just isn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. And also they notated that the rider influences the pressures in the caudal region more so. And in the cranial region, it's the horse that's usually creating that pressure. Um, and the other thing I wanted to point out is they did not assess speed. Sometimes I think speed uh, kind of levels the saddle out, kind of like 
uh, when you're water skiing and the boat comes out of the water and then it levels, you feel that. I think speed helps level you out and it's easier to ride a horse fast than it is to ride them slow. So um, the speed was not a factor in this. Definitely opens up the door to more research and seeing how that could compare. Because I think you're right, you know, controlling, I think even as a riser, controlling your core in a trot is a lot more difficult. So I think you get greater balance and it is a smoother gait. You know, once a horse moves into canter or they're going at that speed, then you do kind of get more of a fluid motion. Yeah, yeah. And then also the gel pad displaced more than the other two. The other two um, had a more um, uh, rigid spine to them. So the gel pad sometimes went up into the gullet and then also moved towards the back of the horse. And sometimes it wasn't in place when they finished. So that's something to consider as well. But um, I think, too, that everyone needs to assess what they're looking for from a half pad. Why do you want to use it? Uh, You know, what issue are you trying to address? Um, And then look at the properties, the material it's made up up of and um, go, you know, then go from there to see if maybe it might be taking up too much space under that saddle, um, you know, it's, there's narrow, you should never, uh, you can't fix. When a saddle is too narrow, you j- there's nothing you can do. But if a saddle is too wide, you can always address it with the use of a pad. And I think that's why they wanted to implement the wool pads in this case. And some saddles simply won't accommodate them too. So it does yeah. depend on that saddles that have more narrow gullet you know it just it's not the case where you're going to be able to have enough space to fit that half pad in without causing a problem yeah and then also they did mark the fetlock in certain joints with the tape so they could follow the movements easier um, and they videoed or used the camera and um, the Use of the half pads did not affect the fetlock um, biomechanics at all. So there was no hyperextension or anything. But once again, the speed was not recorded. So you might get at a higher speed, a little more fetlock extension, but that would be because of the speed, not because of the saddle. Exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, the only other thing I had on this was, um, you know, I really think it's essential that horse owners seek professional advice on the use, the type, the materials, and the suitability of using a half pad. Because, um, you know, you need to be careful for over applying the you know, saddle pads, and it also depends upon saddle design. So kind of seek out some saddle fitters that are well-trained and have experience. Um, It doesn't hurt, and you could be preventing a lot of discomfort for your horse, which may end up producing some behavioral problems. 
Exactly. Definitely. Welfare has to be at the forefront of it. And, you know, people are trained. If you get a professional qualified saddle fitter, they're going to know best. They'll know more than we will even, you know, if we're seeing this all day, every day, or we're working in places where we're fitting a lot of saddles, having someone like Nancy, who's a qualified saddle fitter, just makes all the difference they know exactly what they're doing. They know how to measure it and what's going to work with certain breeds. Like you said, with your pony, who's more roundy or, you know, you've got certain breeds that are more narrow. So definitely get professional advice before kind of planning to implement anything underneath your saddle at home. Yeah. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. There's Duchess Saddlery in New York, um, the Master Saddlers in the UK, their website is fascinating. And actually, Duchess has a wonderful website, too, that you can just glean lots of information. And, um, you know, you never learn uh, it all when it comes to saddle fitting, because each horse is an individual. And um, I thought it was interesting that uh, some of the saddle fitters kind of associate it with wearing shoes. If your shoe fits, you're not going to put a thick pair of socks. Exactly. And I thought, you know, that's a good way to think about it. If your shoe fits, you usually wear just a sock that's adequate to, um, you know, to protect your foot more or less, not to take up space in the shoe. And that's ideally what we need to be aiming for with saddle fit with our horses. I think that's a great analogy to end on. Yeah, I thought it was good. It wasn't mine, though. It was uh, (laughs) the Master Saddlers have that on their website. So I thought that is brilliant. So but anyway, yeah, that's all I have too, Kate. So thanks so much for um, doing this. And so this was a great paper. Brilliant. And if anyone has any other requests, then you can contact us on Facebook or Instagram, or you can pop onto Anchor and send us a voice message as well. Okay. Well, thanks so much, everyone. Okay, everyone. We'll Take see care. you next week. Bye-bye.